All right, Matt Mosley Show. Busy, busy Thursday. Thank you, Central National Bank. Thank you for being our presenting sponsor, being one of the great commercial banks in the country. Uh, we go now uh, to Omaha, uh, Oklahoma beat writer for the Tulsa world, Eric Bailey, uh, joining us. Eric, always have, have had fun uh, monitoring and following your work, so it's great to have you on today. And uh, it's got to be nice for the Sooners that you cover to just be sitting there watching Two teams burned their aces, throwing everything in the world to try to get into this championship series. How good a feeling does this have to be for the uh, for the Sooners? Matt, I, I don't think you could have really uh, – first of all, thanks for having me on. I think you, you couldn't have picked a better blueprint for Oklahoma in this College World Series when you think about it. They've only played three games. They've had plenty of time off between games. Uh, didn't have to play today, and you're right. They really got two wins yesterday – one was the win, of course, over A&M. And second, they're having the two, these two schools play, throw their aces today. And so that, that helps them, too. So everything's coming together perfect for Oklahoma during this postseason run. Well, and you've monitored it closely. Uh, the Sooners went on a little uh, field trip, I understand, from reading your, uh, some of your tweets. Uh, Skip Johnson um, decides to uh, take the Sooners over to Rosenblatt Stadium. Uh, where the program won the uh, the 1994 uh, uh, College World Series, and um, and I I've got people that I know that know that coach, and we all know the story of kind of what happened there. But you know, people kind of forget that Oklahoma has some pretty incredible baseball history. Uh, Eric, so what was that like? You think for the players, and what kind of feedback have you gotten from uh, Skip Johnson and others about what that was like to kind of go over there and revisit a great moment for the Sooners? You know, I think it's important not only for Oklahoma, but every program out there to learn about their history and understand why those teams are where they're at now. And that 94 team is such a, a big part of Oklahoma's history and what they were able to do. Uh, and it was a launching pad that year. They hit a lot of home runs. Uh, uh, Ryan Miner, uh, former basketball player, was uh, and a, a future Baltimore Oriole was a big part of that team. And I think that it was important for those players of this generation to realize that, you know, this has been done before Oklahoma has came to Omaha and won this. And when you look at it, it's been almost 30 years. And so you got to grasp those opportunities. They don't come around all the time and, and to be two wins from it. I think it really allowed them to understand how close they are to doing something that hasn't been done at Oklahoma in a long, long time. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty amazing. I was reading about uh, David Sandlin and even reading kind of what you had about uh what Schlossnagel from A and M had to say—that uh, that's just—it's—it it, it, we don't we see some of these slugfests that happens in in these college games, and then when you have somebody out there that just keeps somebody silent almost an entire afternoon, it just really tamped down the crowd and everything. I mean, is that is that one of the bigger um, from what you've seen over the years? One of the bigger. Uh, performances in in a in obviously a huge spot as far as for a starting pitcher. Absolutely, I mean you're looking at a young man that didn't play varsity baseball until his senior year in Owasso High School, which is a tradition rich program. He just couldn't break into the rotation, and his senior season something clicked, and it was too late for him to. Uh, get really recruited. So he went JUCO, had two great years at Eastern Oklahoma College, and then got uh, recruited by OU. 
and his 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 uh, his journey has been pretty amazing. And and on top of that, the week before the Big Twelve tournament, uh, he lost his sister to cancer. She had a long fight with cancer, and it was with a heavy heart that he went out and played, and really almost dedicated this postseason to the, the memory of his sister, who was one of his biggest fans. So I know somewhere she's pretty proud, looking down at him and, and, and smiling, because you know to go out there and have twelve strikeouts. Hold him to only you know one earn, one earned run. I mean, he had an outstanding performance throwing seven innings yesterday and a big win over A and M. Oklahoma beat writer for the Tulsa World, Eric Bailey, joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, it, you mentioned a JUCO, isn't that amazing? How many of the you you think these some of these teams could get anybody they wanted from high schools, and yet Baylor, for instance, just hired the MCC coach. Uh, I believe Oklahoma has uh, at least one to two players from MCC. I know Arkansas has a shortstop. It, it, it goes to what you were just saying. Some of these community college slash JUCOs um, produce amazing players, and it just seems like the SEC especially sits there and, and just really benefits from, uh, from, from those kids uh, performing at that particular level. It, it is amazing when you think about it. It just shows the resiliency of these players. They didn't get that, you know, that right away first year freshman at a big university at a power college, power five college. They're they're working their way and they've had to earn everything that they've gotten. And you think about some of these JUCOs while they're outstanding and tradition rich, uh, they don't have you know a fraction of the support and everything that's in the the budget that these big schools have. So you almost really have to tip your hat to some of these players that are making it out of JUCO because they're beating the odds and proving that they can play at the highest level. All right, I'm I'm looking at the pitchers. You've got some numbers here. How many innings uh, a lot of these Sooners have have put together? Um, How how is Skip going to set up this uh, rotation in – what do you um, – I mean, I, I guess the great thing is, again, that you're getting to rest a little bit and, and nobody seems to be just – everybody's kind of spent this time of year. You have that, but it does seem like Oklahoma's in a pretty good spot. How do you see uh, the Sooners kind of setting up the, the rotation heading into the championship series? Well, the rotation is going to work really well on Saturday. Uh, you're looking at your ace, Jake Bennett, uh, with seven days or eight days rest coming back and throwing game one. And then game two, you have Cade Horton, who hasn't thrown since last Monday. So he's had you know six days rest. So uh, it, it, it works really well. This this rotation, you, your, your rotation, and you maybe can come back with Sandlin on Monday. It just depends on, you know, how many pitches he threw yesterday and what, you know, it'll be a, a, kind of a four-day rest week for him, which you'll see. But for the most part, their starters are set. And they've only had to go to the bullpen. They've used their their closer, Trevin Michael, for six innings. He's thrown two innings, two plus innings at each game. And they had one inning from a spot reliever who hasn't thrown that much. They have three or four arms that haven't thrown that have been big parts of this pitching staff, still waiting just to get on the mound. So they are rested and ready to go. So, it, it, you, like again, you couldn't ask for a perfect situation for the Sooners. Our Sooners fans just completely spoiled right now with this softball program that's a dynasty, and here comes the uh, baseball team in a great spot to have a shot at winning the College World Series. Are are they uh, are are they walking out with uh, you know kind of jutting out their chest a little bit as you as you run into these fans? 
You know, it's never been done. There's never been a team win the softball and baseball national championship in the same season. So Oklahoma has a chance to do that. And to be honest, uh, you know, Matt, when you look at the beginning of the season, the beginning of the spring, the team we thought from our beat coverage would be in Omaha was Oklahoma State. Uh, We knew Oklahoma was going to have a good team, but everyone thought Oklahoma State was the team to watch. So what Oklahoma is doing is they've really embraced this opportunity. And just I've just been impressed with Skip Johnson and this whole team with what they've been able to do. And, yeah, you're right. Oklahoma fans are just ecstatic about baseball and softball. It's been a great spring for the Sooners. All right. Have you seen some of these long home runs? Uh, Oklahoma actually hit well, at least one of them, didn't they? Maybe a couple of them. I know one early really uh, really seemed to do the Aggies in. Uh, I one of them was like the longest one ever hit. And I know that ballpark hadn't been in operation for that <laughs> long, but was there a I'm trying to think, was it four fourteen? What's the uh, what's the what's yeah, the number that stands out? I can't remember the, the it was straight away center field. There was a home run earlier this week. And you're right, this field it's not the launching pad that Rosenblatt was, that's for sure. It's a pitcher's ballpark which really kind of feeds into what Oklahoma does. They've only hit three home runs total in, in the three games. So uh, they're not a power team, but they'll, they'll short, short game you, uh, and uh, they'll play a lot of small ball. So, But they're real aggressive on the base paths, too. They try to put pressures on the opposing team. So, And, again, it, it's a pitcher's ballpark, and these pitchers are throwing really well right now. All right, why is Owasso, by the way? I love these towns. I love their names. <laughs> I love the heritage, the Native American heritage in yeah. Oklahoma. What, what, what is, why are they so great? I mean, I, I know kind of football and Jinx yeah. and Moore and, and Norman, you know, all these places that, yeah. that produce unbelievable football players. But now, what is it about this Owasso program that makes it so competitive that a guy like Sandlin can barely get on the mound there? You know, Owasso is really tradition-rich in the state of Oklahoma. They have produced a ton of major leaguers. You know, I, I think probably, arguably, in the whole state, this is the program everyone wants to play for. Uh, their coach, Larry Turner, uh, has been there 41 years. And, in fact, um, I live in Owasso. I live, it's, north, it's a, a suburb of Tulsa. It's, in, it's north of Tulsa. And it's a great town. It's a great town to live in. It's a great school district. And, uh, yeah, but their, their baseball program is top-notch. And uh, it, it's hard to get on the field at Owasso. And it's, it's like a lot of the powerhouse schools down in Texas. You have great high school baseball down in Texas. There's no doubt about it. And Oklahoma, Owasso is kind of like that kind of powerhouse program you see in a Texas high school. Uh, just do everything perfectly, and, and uh, you want to play for a, a program and a coach like that. All right, Eric, I can't let you off without one football question. Are the Sooners um, – I mean, are we – are we finally moving on from Lincoln? Is this going to continue to go on? And and are they – I mean, I, I, I'm fascinated with this transfer quarterback because he's put up enormous numbers in his past. We don't know exactly. Obviously, with Jalen Hurts, they had great success. With Baker, they've had so many unbelievable transfers. What are sort of the expectations that people have of, of this quarterback who is at Central Florida and – I, I don't know. I feel like he started his college career about seven years ago. What are what are people uh, <laughs> thinking about him, and is there some thought that he's just going to hit the ground running? Well, he's an outstanding quarterback in terms of ball protection. Uh, he had 70-plus uh, touchdown passes in three years, uh, really two and a half years, because he, he got hurt 
just a couple games into his third season, only uh, about 12 interceptions. And the key is he played his freshman season under Jeff Levy, who is now Oklahoma's offensive coordinator. Mm. Jeff was the offensive coordinator at UCF. So there's some familiarity between the two. So that helps a lot. Uh, and he, he's really grasping, you know, teaching this offense to all the newcomers, you know, all the old players too. They're having to learn a new system. And I think that's a big part is you got an anchor piece in there. That's going to help learn this offense. Of course, nothing, nothing is seamless. There's going to be some growing pains in this program. And you mentioned Lincoln Riley moving on. Uh, I think it's still, it, it was a nasty divorce. I mean, it was, uh, it was unexpected. And I think Oklahoma fans are not only going to be looking at results at OU next season, they're going to be keeping an eye on USC and what they do week by week too. I don't think it's going to be one where everyone moves on. I think it's going to take a little while for them to really, for those, for those, those bruises to heal. I think it's going to take some time and they're going to keep an eye on what happens out in Los Angeles. You don't think Lincoln's going to show up in Omaha to support the uh, Sooners over the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. You know, it was funny because uh, they uh, had a statue built to Baker Mayfield to put in Heisman Park, and everyone kind of joked, is, is Lincoln going to show up for the dedication? And, of course, he didn't. But, you know, it was it, it, anything that you talk about Oklahoma's success recently, you know, Lincoln Riley's name comes up, and you wonder, well, you know, if Lincoln shows up, he gets booed. If he doesn't show up, he gets booed. <laughs> so there's just a no-win situation for him or something like that. Yeah, that statue looked like everybody except Baker Mayfield, if I recall. <laughs> <laughs> I can say this. In person, when you're there, it looks a lot better than photographs. But still, <laughs> they, put the bandana, they put the bandana on it, and it. I just don't think the – and I understand that's part of his signature look, but I just don't think a bandana fits, looks good on a statue. That's just me, though. There's a lot of people that love it. <laughs> Oh, I like that. Well, Lebby, by the way, we know him in Waco, uh, son-in-law of Art Bryles. We know him well. And uh, I'll give you a little tidbit, a little nugget. The other day he was holed up with a 2024 quarterback for several hours. They haven't offered this kid yet, and he hasn't started yet at Alito High School. Huge, uh, big-time high school in the Fort Worth area of the Metroplex. And this kid's name is Hoss Haney. He'll start as a junior at Alito. He, he started as a slot guy last year. Extremely fast, extremely athletic, but only six feet tall, right at six foot. And that may be stretching it a little bit. But the Sooners are on him, but it's just very quiet right now. All right? So I may have blown it for him, but uh, uh, for Levy. But uh, I'll, I'll put, I just wanted to put that on your radar, all right? I appreciate that. And to be honest, I'm really looking forward to Jeff Levy's offense. We've seen what he did at UCF. We saw what he did at Ole Miss. And I was always fascinated with Coach Brown's offense down at Baylor. And, of course, Philip Montgomery, who was the head coach at Tulsa. And, you know, Philip had a big role in that Baylor offense as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays at Oklahoma. There's going to be some talented playmakers around. Uh, offensive line is, uh, you know, a little raw. But I think that Bill Beanbow is one of the best offensive line coaches out there. So I really am looking forward to to coach Levy and and how he uses this offense it's going to be a fun fun to see it evolve yeah speaking of Tulsa we're looking forward to seeing Jackson player line up for the Baylor Bears and there's another uh, Tulsa great and Tyler Smith's going to be starting for the Dallas Cowboys so 
uh, your local team putting out some nice players. <laughs> Listen, I love Tulsa. I got family there. So, Eric, one of these days I'll look you up when I get into town. And I, I got to go see that blue well or whatever it is out. <laughs> I saw some commercial about it. And I'm like, I've been to Tulsa a million times and have never seen that thing. So I got to go see it the next time I'm in town. Matt, it's in Catoosa, Oklahoma. There's another name for you, Catoosa. That's that's where the well is. So you'll have to you'll enjoy it. it it's a cool sight. It's something different, that's for sure. <laughs> Eric, thank you, and uh, best of luck uh, at this uh, weekend series. Uh, enjoy following you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Matt, as always, it's great to talk to you, and have a good weekend. Okay. All right, you do the same. There he goes, Eric Bailey, Tulsa World. Good guy.